The 53-square-foot rectangle of linen known as the Shroud of Turin is one of the most sacred religious icons on earth, venerated by millions of Christians as the actual burial garment of Jesus Christ. It is also among the most fiercely debated subjects in contemporary science, an extraordinary mystery that has defied every effort at solution. This is Casual History. All right, Jeffrey, we are back for season two of Casual History. Can you tell how excited I am? Uh, I can, and I'm also very excited. Can we get a round of applause from the audience? Let's get a, let's get a round of applause. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, yeah. You see how we've upgraded, Jacob? Sound. Things have happened you- since. <laughs> Things have happened. We are moving up. <laughs> we are, we are, yes. So just to jump right in after I just said that, but uh, yeah, we are starting season two of Casual History with this podcast right here. Um, we took a little Stoked. break, but we're back better than ever. Like, you know, like Ali coming back from a fight. Yep. Um, we ri- rise like the Phoenix. We got a, a <laughs> set schedule now. Um, mm-hmm. We are posting every Sunday um, yes. on the mark. So you could find us there every week uh, at Sunday. That's we'll right. Posting. So we also have a little bit of a lineup of uh, future podcasts just to give you a little teaser on some of those stuff. There's um, a lot we want to get into, you know, there, yeah. there's so, so many things that we're still curious. <laughs> you know, uh, we hope you're still stop. curious. Um, we, uh, for those who don't know, maybe a brief summary of what we do and who we are. This sure. is Jacob. Yes. Uh, he's the, my podcast co-host. I'm nice. the other co-host, uh, Jeffrey. And, uh, we t- discuss history. We discuss things yeah. we're interested in. Um, we try to do deep dives ourselves, and then present them to each other. Um, so for instance, this week, Jacob brought the subject matter for season two. I don't know what the subject matter is and we're going to discuss and get into it. That's right. That's right. That's a, that's a good description. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff like in this upcoming season, uh, like the history of cave paintings, uh, the Vatican's secret time machine. That one Uh, gets me. Yeah, dude, that one too. Yeah, I know. I'm excited for that. Uh, the hydrogen bombs that were dropped over American soil and tons, tons more. So if you guys are interested at all, we're glad you're, you're here listening and uh, tell your friends about it because there'll be a lot more where this came from. Yeah, um, one little maybe final end note to this is if there is a suggestion on a piece of content history subject, um, I don't know, a painting you found in your mother's basement that's really interesting and you want yes, us to talk us. about it or you want to uh, <laughs> learn about something and want us to do the, the deep dive on it, let us know, Casual X History on yep. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we have it all. Perfect. All right. Well, I think that, that wraps up the... We're up to date, Jeffrey. We're up how, to date. how have you been? How have you been these last couple of months? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been, been about a month or two. It's been two. It's, it's been a while, man. It's been, it's been a minute. Um, it's good. I Dude, crazy busy. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, a good and a bad thing. But I uh, finally have some... I've kind of settled off a little bit. I, I know you've, uh, you're about to move. So I know you're going through it a yes. l- as well. So um, I'm about to move. That. I got a brand new job that I've been starting the last couple weeks, um, which yeah. I'm really loving. You're telling but me you're not a full-time podcaster? 
<laughs> yeah, that shouldn't shock anybody here at this podcast. <laughs> but man, that's the dream. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, is. and dude, just to get really random on you, like if you haven't tried the uh, the Budweiser uh, frozen popsicles seltzers yet, dude, get on that shit. Age is twenty one and under. Please turn away from the podcast yeah, now. Yeah, please. No, um, we we uh <laughs> we're not sponsored by Budweiser. He just said that name <laughs> randomly. But I have not tried. Uh, dude, popsicle. You ha- dude, they're so good. We got yeah. You just horrible. buy like a fleet of them. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, they're the seltzers. Which I'm not even a Budweiser person. I'll say that on pod. You know, maybe that's offensive to them later on. You killed our sponsorship deal. You killed the sponsorship right there. Yeah. Um, but dude, they're they're awesome, and they are the like most like respectable like you could have one at noon no one thinks of you differently because it's what just a popsicle mean? they look like like uh are we talking um do you remember the the red and orange and blue and purple kind yes. of come that you freeze do they look like that yes they have like blue raspberry flavors they have uh like what is it cherry lemonade um but yeah they're just seltzers five percent alcohol just like the seltzers are and okay. just one tube and they're amazing for when it's super hot out like it is now and dude they're incredible so i just see what i had in my head was um the reason why immediately went disgusting was i just thought of frozen budweiser yeah man yeah (laughs) no that's not sounds horrible no it's flavored it's the worst idea um (laughs) noted i will put that on the kroger shopping list but yeah i'm glad i could interject with something really random like that but uh yeah yeah. a good uh, good bit of housekeeping and and what's been keeping jacob at night up at night is the uh popsicles so I so know, what, are we, uh, what are we doing today? What's what's the uh, what's the mo- move here? All right. So this week I brought in uh, the Shroud of Turin, Jeffrey. Do you know what this is? I'm sure I you do. do, right? I do okay. know what it is. All right. So you know everything about it, and you're going to lead this podcast, correct? Yeah. Right now, I don't need to. I don't need to have the conversation. <laughs> no, I actually, um, I, I don't know. You. It's one of those that I've seen on History Channel before. And I've, mm-hmm. I've watched a YouTube doc a few years ago, probably about, and I think I remember coming away from it perplexed and kind of just stuck in the back of my mind, but never really got brought back up. So this will be good to kind of refresh and get some new information on it. I'm sure you have tons of info for me here. Dude, I have so much. <laughs> and that is where mine originated too, was dang, half these podcasts come from me watching like at 12 years old watching some sort of like 10 minute history channel thing on it just going what is i don't understand the <laughs> goal jacob it. the goal is to get a partnership deal with history channel oh to my be, god to get that little logo you know don't even tease me man don't even tease me i would love <laughs> i would love to have some sort of affiliation with the history channel that'd be amazing that would be kind um, of fun but yeah so we're talking about the shroud of turin uh, I can give you a little a little quick summary, just a little something, little snack for you uh, before something. we deep dive into it. But uh, over the 117 years since photographic negative of the linen unexpectedly revealed an image of a tortured body, um, ranks of uh, psychiatrists, chemists uh, weighed in on the fabric's age and the image's composition. Um, forensic pathologists, microbiologists, and botanists have analyzed the blood stains along with the specks of dirt and pollen on its surface. Um, statisticians have also combed through mountains of data on this thing. And so basically to explain what it is, is um, they cloth. believe this is the cloth that covered Jesus when he was resurrected. And there is a, I don't even know how you call it, like a, a, not a smudge, but like an outline of him in this cloth. 
Right, like beamed into it. Yeah, no. And I, people are perplexed about how this happened and why. I I I think the thing that again, just touching off the summary of this, the thing that I remember taking away was that this is either legit and or the greatest hoax of all time because it mm-hmm. seemed too on the nose and then I, I don't know again there's varying opinions on how old it is which i'm sure we'll get into yes but uh so for those again maybe uh step back uh, ten thousand foot view for those who don't know what jacob just said uh piece of cloth linen cloth that was expected to potentially have wrapped jesus mm-hmm. and if he resurrected um there's like an outline of his face um his, i, I just his know, whole body. I see the picture his whole body his whole body is on it. Oh, okay, yes. so I just I just remember the face. The face sticks in my head. Yes, um, definitely. But it's his whole body. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Science doesn't know what to do with this thing. Neither do I. The, <laughs> the church doesn't either, and I don't either. But we're gonna find out in this podcast and see what you guys believe. Wait, do um, we know where it is right now? Yes, we do. Okay, because that that was another <laughs> question that immediately comes to mind: is who has? I'm assuming the Vatican has it in their their. Th- there are mountains of information and stuff that they don't reveal to the public. I'll, I will reveal this in time, Jeffrey, in time. Okay, so you have the answers. Good. That's yes, a good setup. I do. <laughs> that <laughs> I keeps do. people hooked. But uh, yeah, so let's just deep dive into it. The first little block I have is uh, the scientific record on this. So Wonderful. So- scientific inquiry into the shroud began in 1898, a long time ago, with the startling image captured by Italian amateur f- photographer Secondo Pia. Um, under normal conditions, only the vague septa blur of a human body appears on the fabric. But when P examined the reverse negative of this uh, photographic plate in the dark room, he discovered the detailed likeness of a bearded man with visible wounds on his body. Uh, so for seven decades, indirect analysis on the image was conducted by researchers, most aimed at determining whether it had been painted onto the linen or produced through contact with a human corpse. Um, huh. It wasn't until 1969 we went on the moon, but yes, that scientists were allowed to examine the fabric directly uh, with the task of advising uh, on preservation techniques and future testing. So this kind of set the scene for the establishment of the U.S.-led Shroud of Turin Research Project, which was granted an unprecedented five days of continuous access to the Shroud itself in 1978. Wow. the project's 33 members ran into a gauntlet of scientific uh, disciplines, and their credentials included high-level posts at 20 major research institutions. Um, they arrived in turn with seven, seven tons of equipment and worked on shifts 24 hours a day. The associate team of European scientists acted as expert observers. So they went to town on this thing uh, were to they find able out if this to, is real. Were they, I'm assuming, again... I'm assuming this is like they they did like scans, they did photos, they did like, did they? I even saw if I remember correctly, they like took a piece of the cloth, like yes. cut away a piece of the cloth. Yeah, because their their main aim at this point is preservation. They're not trying to destroy it to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Um, they want to keep it as intact as possible. Uh, but their analysis found no sign of artificial pigments. Um, the shroud image is that so of a wait, real human what form. What does that mean? So that means, sorry, sorry to interrupt. So that means that they didn't find any, like, paint? Yes. There was no okay. paint particles, nothing that they could see that would be, like, drawn onto the cloth like an artist may have done this. Wow. Um, yeah. So the shroud image is that of a real human form 
of a scourged, crucified man. Mm. It is not the product of an artist. This isn't quote. The project's 1981 report declared. The bloodstains are com- composed of hemoglobin, which is what makes up, it's in blood. Hemoglobin. And also gives, <laughs> hemoglobin. Yes, it's fun also to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and also has a positive test for serum albium, albion. Uh, okay. I don't even know, but apparently that's, right. that's more stuff in blood. Uh, so, so the report also conceded that no combination of physical, chemical, biological, or medical circumstances could adequately account for the image. The Shroud of Turin concluded remains now as it has the past a mystery as of 1981. So they wow. have no clue what made this wow. thing at all. How would, how would you even... Like, how do you take retro- that? How, how do you retroactively even try to figure out? Dude, like, I don't know. What, do they do they figure out what it is? It like a burn mark? Is it like a just like an indentation in the cloth or Jeffrey, like a they coloration? Could not tell. With the techniques that they had in 1981, they could not tell any determining factor that led it one way or another. Because that would, yeah, of course, I'm sure they tried all the obvious things. Was this made by somebody? Um, what words, what is the little pigment made out of? What is yeah. the cloth made out of? Like, uh, you know, to try to determine this stuff. But apparently there was no answers. I'm looking at a full length uh, photo of it. Yes. And my gosh. I Isn't it eerie? Nice, but to be blasphemous because we're talking about a sensitive subject here. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> if someone, yeah, we're going to post this photo when we post yes. this podcast on social media. If you haven't even Googled it, if you're so you can get a visual. This thing looks ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like it looks like like star beam, like someone just like, you know, like in those movies, you beam into the ground, like a little outline. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Um, so they did conclude. The only thing they did conclude was this was made by a real human body who was crucified. So real human, so it was wrapped around a human it body. It had a blood okay. and had traces of something else. Obviously, I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, what the other name was, but I'm assuming it is other contents that would suggest that a real human body deposited this onto the cloth. Yeah. And I I saw, I saw one of the things I remember is that the initial um, response from the Vatican, are we going to get into that as well? Because I have the initial response. We're going to talk a little bit about the Vatican. Yes. Okay. Because I know initially this is just maybe a little piecemeal there. I, 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 I know that when it was first brought up in like 1354, that mm-hmm. it was initially rejected and ah. like like they were they were like this is fake <laughs> like the people back then i guess thought it was fake as well so sure and they didn't endorse it so it's weird that we can years later then re- retroactively go oh well we know this is a real human we know it wasn't fake we know it wasn't painted yes but, but how ha- they did it still how? unknown is <laughs> Well, we don't, I guess this is going to get morbid, but when we do, people don't wrap people anymore. So like, um, well, I, that I would be maybe not. a thought, like with mummies and I'm just trying to think of pe- like similar burial uh, situations where they wrap sure. the dead body, which has happened before. Yeah. But they obviously found this, was it without the body? Like, did someone take it off of a body? We don't know. Like, did they find a body and then this was, they like took, do you know what I mean? Like if, yeah, if, I don't like, know. This is just hanging around in someone's closet for you. Like, <laughs> do you know, like how does this get I, to where I hear it's you. at? I hear you. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't like, you're right. Just it didn't come with a body. Think about how long. 
th- like think about how long that this has been in existence, right? If or first, if it if it does go all the way back to Jesus's time, sure. right? But even if it just goes back to 1354, right? When just being well like, preserved alone. Yeah. For, like who ha- like think I think about this is a weird way to think about it, but like when there were knights and th- when there were like the Knights Templar and the people running around and like building kingdoms and stuff, this thing existed in someone's chest somewhere and was preserved. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> when the weirdness about it, man. When pirates running the sea, this is somewhere in someone's <laughs> When Blackbeard hovel. was sailing the seas, <laughs> yeah. this cloth that's was just bizarre. out there. Uh, yeah, exactly. But that's, that's more of the stuff that I'm going to get into uh, just because we're going to keep going down the line. The next thing that happens to this is it's called the Carbon-14 Bombshell. So uh, in 1988, Jeffrey... Yeah. Uh, the Vatican authorized carbon-14 dating of the shroud. Huh. Uh, small samples from the corner of its fabric were sent to labs at the University of Oxford's radiocarbon accelerator unit, uh, the University of Arizona, and the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. Uh, all three found that the shroud material dated to the years between 1260 and 1390, more than a millennium after the life, life and death of the historical Jesus. So hmm. what does that say? Interesting. The labs assessed the re- uh, reliability of their estimate at 95%. To make the case even more convincing, the dates closely coincided with the first documented appearance of the Shroud of Turin in 1353. So that's, uh, that's news. 1353. Yeah, so that's about the time that I was talking about where the, I think the, it was, uh, the story goes that like the local Bishop of Troy mm. denounced it as fake. Yes. Um, or, or at least didn't endorse it. Right. Uh, so since their release 27 years ago, the, uh, the carbon 14 dating results have come to a focal point of the shroud controversy with a stream of credits taking aim at its methodology and conclusions among the most innovative critiques that were published in 2010, um, in a recent interview with National Geographic, they noted that the laboratories conducted the carbon-14 tests uh, were in full agreement at the ages of control fabrics from an ancient Egyptian mummy, a, what's that, a medieval Nubian tomb, a medieval French uh, vestment, yet raw data from the same tests on the shroud yielded results that differed by more than 150 years. Uh, the published carbon-14 datings were the mean results drawn from a combination of data of the three labs. It was assumed that the data was homogeneous, near-identical age estimates based on repeated measurements of the samples, each of which had been divided into four segments for testing. Uh, so so, so what, what, does that te- what does that tell me? Well, I'm, I'm trying to follow here. So that tells me that this is older? That, they were saying that they're similar to the samples which they tested against, which was an ancient Egyptian mummy, medieval Nubian tomb, and a medieval French vestment. Uh, right. So they were testing the cloth against other cloths of that time. Right. Uh, so it said when the computers crunched through all, uh, all the numbers, the ways to cut the samples, they identified a marked pattern of variations. So they could see, like, even in the cloth itself, how it was right. made. Uh the dating, which comes back from a piece of the top edge, is very different from the date which comes from a piece taken from the bottom edge. Our research does not prove that the shroud is 
uh, authentic, nor that it is 2,000 years old, he cautions. But it does call into question the Carbon 14's report assertion of conclusive conclusive evidence that the linen uh, of the Shroud of Turin is medieval. So wait a minute. Yeah. So, but how how is the the top half different from the bottom half? Exactly. Is it just like we don't know. Can you can you weave into like I, I don't I, know how a cloth is made, but I'm assuming <laughs> you're like you're weaving stuff to obviously thread together. Sure. And maybe the thread at the bottom is like from I'm not really source? sure. Like how I does think that, that happen? Leads to the mystery, right? Like that makes no sense that the top piece would not date the same as the bottom piece, but it throws the mystery of like them concluding that it was in a medieval ages. This thing was made yeah. uh, into question because we don't know that for sure. Cause testing both top and bottom really gave us completely different results. My immediate, again, this is me. I wouldn't want to destroy it of course. Cause it's, it's oh, no. something, but I, my immediate thing would want to take a sliver from one of the little outlines. So like w- along an outline, whether it's on like his, his feet, the or actual his head, shadow. Like, yeah, the actual shadow. Yeah. I'm assuming that hasn't been done because it's still in one piece. It looks like from everything I'm looking at right. online. As I'm well. sure they tested the surface, but they haven't like cut out a yeah. piece of that cloth. That would be interesting to me. That would be very interesting. But, but who yeah. would allow that? You know. So that kind of wraps up the carbon 14 dating. So yeah, still still mystery surrounding this thing as of getting two completely different results from different yeah. areas. Do we know um, if so this is still mean? an ongoing research? Like, cause that would be, I mean, I'm sure it's not lucrative, lucrative to be researching this, um, and, or spending money to, to do further tests on it, but it's still really interesting. Yeah. Cause especially since we're like moving so fast with technology and ways to test these kind of things and getting more, 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 more accurate with these, yeah. uh, it would be very interesting for like a super modern test to come back in and like reanalysis the same even the same cuts just to see if they were correct or if well, here's one of them a thought was wrong. for you if if there is traces of blood can mm-hmm. we not get the dna i think it's too destroyed for that i think it's too long that would be now that would be heavy yeah that'd be heavy crap man because then you'd um, be able to compare to who's alive now and then if that person had descendants think about that that'd be crazy think about that and then if this is <laughs> Dude. The man, <laughs> the man that everyone dis- talks about, like that'd be yeah. even more heavy. I know. So. That'd be crazy, man. Um, um, so okay. yeah, so that leads to the question of questions, man. Looming above all other issues um, was how the image was produced, regardless of its age. Hmm. Every scientific attempt to replicate this in a lab has failed. Uh, its precise precise hue is highly unusual and the color's penetration into the fabric is extremely thin less than 0.7 micrometers so one thirteenth of the diameter of an individual fiber in a single 200 fiber linen thread that doesn't give you a clear image but (laughs) very very thin Uh, (sighs) this is wild i'm looking at photos as you're talking about this sorry Mm -hmm. continue yes so so basically they can't replicate this thing they don't know how it was made like right. let alone when the fabric was like made itself, they can't even replicate what's on it. Um, because so, it almost is like a burn mark, right? Because it looks like that to me. It looks like a burn, like almost like when you do, like when you set a lighter underneath like a, a paper or something. Yeah. There's like a small little black yeah, line. Yeah, because you're it, like it, it, that's what it looks like to me. 
because my first assumption is like you know like this is my this is my dumb brain comprehending yeah. this it's like hey um like if i go for a run and sweat really hard you're gonna see an outline of me sweating <laughs> yeah you know kind of like you expect it to be something semi-normal but the fact that like we in modern day cannot replicate how this thing is made is nuts to me wow yeah so they they conducted five years of experiments using state-of-the-art uh ex- what is it called excimer lasers to short okay. train bursts of ultraviolet light on raw linen uh, in an effort to simulate the image uh, coloration. Uh, when the ENEA team, which published its findings in 2011, came tantalizingly close to approximating the image's distinctive hue on a few square centimeters of fabric, but they were unable to match all the physical and chemical characteristics of the shroud image, nor could they re- reproduce the entire human figure. Yeah, that- um, that seems like it that's the also also the other thing it looks even like the like the marking it does around his whole body like the outline it's not like mm-hmm. it kind of fades off or tapers off it's pretty right. pretty dang clear um uh, yeah so the ultraviolet light necessary to do um to do this though exceeds the maximum power released by all ultraviolet light sources available today yeah um it would require pulses having duration shorter than 1/40 billionth of a second and intensify, uh, intensifies on the order of several billion watts. So they think it's like an electricity? Well, they, they, yeah, the closest they could replicate was using light to shine through it, which also Bro. gives you weird, <laughs> yeah, it gives you a weird thing, right? <laughs> Doesn't it? Well, that, uh-huh. that just, that's too perfect. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's too perfect, like... I, like beaming down or beaming what do you even up, say? you know, what I mean? like beaming out of his clothes to rise yeah. again, you know, like, yeah, it, it kind of keeps in the theme. Um, like an electrical, like someone did an electrical charge on this man while he was dead and awoke him. That's crazy, man. You know? Yeah. So, but all, <laughs> no, I was just about to go into like a crazy, you go crazy theories, man. The aliens came and woke him up. Maybe some, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I'm not trying uh, to be that person. Kind of weird that's, technology. That's a, that's a thought for you. Um, so the ultraviolet light, yeah, I already said exceeds several billion watts. And the most advanced technologies available in the 21st century could not produce um, a face uh, facsimile of the shroud image. Um, yeah, the so face reasons, is the most detailed part, and it looks yeah. insane. I've said yeah. that 20 times already, but I can't get over how crazy this thing looks. So it leads the question of how could it have been executed by a medieval forger? If someone in the medieval times, if that's what they say the carbon dating says, right, is that it was made in the medieval times, how in the world did they do this? So for believers, the radiation thesis suggests that a divine light, in the mm-hmm. tomb might have seared the crucified form of Jesus Christ into the shroud. Yeah. Uh, one could look at a hypothesis outside this realm of science, a sort of miracle, um, but a miracle cannot be investigated by the scientific method. Well, so, I'd, actually, that's a funny thing you mentioned. <laughs> I was watching a TV show on Netflix. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, there is a whole place, I think it's somewhere in Italy, where they purely study miracles. Really? And they get, they get and it's, it's part, part of a, a thing where they get submissions all the time. 
about like thing crazy things happening right like someone mm-hmm. being diagnosed with cancer that the, the ne- a week later saying it's gone right like right. things like that happening and so there's a whole process for deeming a miracle a miracle oh and, yeah and it's like kept in a uh like a file so database and so uh it's it's interesting you mentioned that because it, it speaks to all the anomalies of the world and like people uh experiencing things seeing things whatever it may be and then yeah. Uh, this guy, I can't remember his name. Shoot, I, I hate that I, I can't think of his name. Um, but essentially, uh, you know, processes the miracles, and then you're able to deem, like, deem out the highest mystery of mysteries and miracles of miracles that were proven um, by science and or the lack of it. It's really interesting. So, so I might I might debate you on the the not being able to be uh, proven by scientific method. You know. Okay. Well, you, please you never do. Know. Because that's that's kind of awesome, and I'm very interested in that. Actually, that could be I, honestly that could be a potentially a good conversation podcast. Yeah, I need to because, know these top miracles um, that are being researched, and like you know, because it just leads to the same thing that like the reason why we do this podcast, man. Like, there's so much we don't know still yeah. about the world, and even past things. Like the fact that we, with modern technology, cannot figure out what this is, blows my mind. Yeah. Um. And just again, like, and we'll probably test it in another 20 years and have brand new technology to test it. And maybe it'll lead us closer to understanding. But like the fact that there's still mysteries out there is what kind of like makes the human experience and like this all super cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really, we really don't interesting. Know. The, the, the uh, electricity part, the burning does seem to be the, 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 of course, the kicker. light bulb moment where I'm like, what, how does that, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't seem <laughs> with radiation. It's so <laughs> yeah. weird, man. Yeah. So weird. Wild. But, but yeah, so this is a perfect place, uh, to take a short break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about how Da Vinci has something to play in all this. Of course so, he does. Uh, of course. Stick around. <laughs> all right. We are back. Uh, yeah. So now we're, where do we leave off where we're talking about Da Vinci we're jumping Having into Da Vinci. Sort of um, and before we jump into that, I do want to clarify uh, a thought I had beforehand about the, the Miracle Commission, which I yeah, thought go was for just kind of interesting. So this is a separate thing, but it is tied into the same investigation of miracles and how um, mm-hmm. it's an actual legitimate science for the cardinals. So for the, for the Pope, right? There is mm-hmm. a, a little um, task force of sorts called the Miracle Commission. The eighteen, um, yeah, and mm-hmm. this is this is from something that I read about. Again, this is this. There's a post that's marked from 2012, but essentially, um, where they uh, um, they have it's it's kind of a funny way to put it. But the, there has been talk of the Vatican having a kind of CIA, <laughs> which oh. investigates alleged miracles. Um, Interesting. And so, it's not quite confirmed either, but it is something that is being high-reaching as it says it is with the pope and the the cardinals because right. i do know that there's a whole separate uh place and church that investigates and has like a file system of miracles and there's like a process for deeming it but yeah just something to touch on um uh, that nuts. i wanted to clarify that i think would be a great conversation that, that would want to do more one. research on so yeah but Please leonardo leonardo da vinci that's right leonardo da vinci has something to do with the shroud of turin and now i had to tell me he made it i'm gonna be upset I have a completely different, uh, see, like I might be completely wrong. This is where I remember the most about the Shroud of Turin before I started doing the research. So on History Channel, I remember one day as a kid seeing 
an episode about how um, I don't know if it was like a theory by them or not about like how Da Vinci created the Shroud of Turin because he was always having cadavers and working on the human body and like knew more about the human body than most. Yeah. And somehow as like a stick it to the establishment at the time, because obviously uh, the church was trying to shut down anybody who was doing science stuff, astrology. It was like considered against the law. Yeah. And so his way of sticking it to him was making this fake thing in hopes that they would worship it in there and to be like the ultimate prank like the ultimate thing he could do just to like give them the finger yeah. uh, back in the day. And I remember watching a whole episode on that and this doesn't really touch on that, but it does talk about why or why not Da Vinci does not have those ties uh, like in, in like for real. So right. I thought I would go ahead and deep dive into that. Yeah. No, um, I think that's a, it's a good, good thing to know. Let's hit so it. So Leonardo Da Vinci is one of the most celebrated artists of the 14th century. His workmanship on The Last Supper is known as one of the most extraordinary paintings of his time. And many people of the 21st century display his noble artwork in their homes. Uh, There is now much controversy that he is the painter or photographer of the man called Jesus on the Shroud of Turin, thereby claiming that the Shroud is a hoax. It is said that Mr. Da Vinci used his own image for the Shroud. Let us look into this and decide ourselves if the work of Leonardo da Vinci and the Shroud are the same. So... This uh, article did its own research on this and kind of came up with these conclusions. First of all, the image could not have been painted. There are no pigments, no brush strokes to be found. Uh, It had been painted. There would be an outline of the image. There is none. Also, a fire damaged the shroud in 1532, so the flames would have made the paint crack if the image had been painted. There's no signs of any cracked paint. Um, The scientific discovery also proves that the image was not uh, the scientific discovery also proves that the image was not painted. I said, let us look at how the cloth was placed around the man. Um, the cloth was placed on a flat stone. The body was placed on top of it with the other half brought over the head and down to the feet. Right. Then it was tucked around the body using bags of spices. Um, the image is made up as of many diffused smudges. Upon looking at the smudges, there is, a revealed a body. Uh, the image can only be seen on one side. Well, the back side so shows no image, even when light is shown through the shroud. Hmm. The only marks shown are blood marks, which are soaked through the cloth. When the first photographs were taken of the shroud, it was found that the negative image showed positive coloration. And additionally, there was not enough detail to show small or one inch lash marks. Uh, this kind of detail is visible to the naked eye. So it's a, f- so the fact that the negative image al- alone is enough evidence to prove that the shroud is not a painted forgery. Yeah. Um, also, Leonardo da Vinci would have, would have had to ask permission from the Savoy family in Chamberlain, England, to release the shroud to him in 1492. Then, in one single attempt, he would have to produce his own photographic image without making a mistake. Um, the Savoy family paid 50 gold francs to claim the ownership of the shroud, and were busy at the time uh, renovating uh, the Church of Chamberlain for the purpose of housing it. Uh, it would have been difficult to imagine they would relinquish the shroud to an artist living in Milan, Italy, to tamper with their prized possession. Huh. So, see, there's lots of things debunking his connection to it. Yeah. 
it's also the time period too. Did you already mention that? Sorry, but like his, he was born like a hundred years after. He's born in fourteen hundreds, right? Yes. Right. So that's kind of a. I mean, right. if if the carbon dating is accurate down to the the year or the twenty years, he still wouldn't be alive. Yeah, and so that is exactly the next thing that it talks about. It says another detail re- regarding Leonardo da Vinci in the Shroud of Turin is that he was born in fourteen fifty three which is a hundred years after what is supposedly the time the shroud originated. Yeah. There's also no evidence that any other photographic negative at that time in history was ever produced. As studies of the shroud continue, there's evidence of much plant life as well as accurate detail of bodily injuries, pollen and dirt from the Palestine, which primitive photography or painting could not have produced. Yeah, there's an interesting thing about the DNA as well. I don't know if you're going to touch on that as well, but I, I just read something along the lines where it says, I mean, I'll read this out. Yeah, um, go for it. It says, regarding human uh, minidrome lineages, basically off the analysis detected sequences from multiple subjects of diff- different ethnic origins. So comparing it to the DNA, right, that was on the, yeah. on the shroud, um, saying that, which clustered into a number of Western, Eurasian, haplogroups including some Haplo known to be a typical yes. typical of western europe the near east the arabian peninsula and the indian subcontinent so it says such huh. diversity does not exclude a medieval origin in europe but it could also would also be compatible with the historic path followed by the turin shroud during its presumed journey from the near east furthermore the results raise the possibility of an indian manufacturer of the linen cloth itself Interesting. so Interesting. Uh, just kind of a, another, maybe a little, again. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. All that there. information adds up to a story. I don't know what it says yet, but like, that's pretty nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like either the greatest hoax or it's something legit that we just don't understand. Right. And so, uh, what do they say? Uh, so we continue to ask ourselves, where did the man on the cloth come from? The most popular theory is that the scorch or thermonuclear radiation theory, yeah, which advocates that this idea suggests that the that a intense light and heat generated by Christ's body at the moment of resurrection might have burned his image onto the cloth, much as permanent shadows uh, of men in Hiroshima were burned into walls and other surfaces by the atomic explosion in 1945. Yeah, but like if I mean that's. That's pretty crazy, man. Like all this stuff is like blowing my mind as far as like, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around what really happened here. Right. Well, there, there's, there's things for it and there's things debunking it as well. Cause it's just like you're saying about the, when they're trying to go through who, if it was a Leonardo da Vinci sleight of hand, I feel like that's kind of off the table. Just, yeah, off. this is just my personal opinion. I think so too. A, I don't know if you saw, um, there's a recent study as well about the blood stains themselves and how it doesn't really add up with the markings of the lash marks. Yes. Um, so that's another thing against it being like authentic, I guess. For some reason that doesn't, again, it was done by someone who's a bit more of like a forensic, um, uh, forensic, uh, I don't know the, the term, but forensic person. Right. And essentially saying that it doesn't really add up with the blood stains. Yeah. And, they kind of contradict each other, but I'm also thinking if I'm a shroud, (laughs) (laughs) if you're a shroud, if I'm a shroud and I had, there was a body in, in like underneath me and there's blood. I don't think it would flow in the, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, yeah, 
maybe it's it would even. flow a certain way. Maybe it wouldn't be like there seems to be a lot of room for that to happen <laughs> right. over years of of who 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 knows where it's been. Maybe some blood splashed on it from someone else. You know, I don't know. It's so like weird, man. Thousands of years. If if the authenticity is like real, thousands right. of years. Let's say. I don't think maybe maybe that's something that is a key to saying that it's fake, but um, just another little interesting piece against it, I guess, as well. Um, yeah. So I have um, this last little bit, which uh, it says it's it's like historical backdrop to this. References to various divine images of Christ, some explicitly described as burial sheets, reach back to 15 centuries. Whether yeah. or not the linen known today as the Shroud of Turin is uncertain. Uh, the history is clear after 1353, which the French knight Geoffrey de Charny acquired the shroud and deposited it into the monastery of Lyrie, France, nice. 130 miles east of Paris. Uh, by the early 16th century, it had been moved to the city of Chamberlain, where it was damaged by a fire in 1532. After after leaving scorch marks and water stains that are still visible on the fabric, the owner by then was the uh, arist- aristocratic house of Savory. Uh, Savy? Savory, I think is how you say I it. I believe you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so in 1578, the, sav- uh, the Savvies, or whatever they're called, because I, I can't say the name right. Yeah, uh, Savvies works for me. Moved their crowd to the capital, Turin. Has been there ever since, housed by the Royal Chapel of the Cathedral of Saint John the Baptist. Okay. In nineteen eighty three, yes. Uh, in nineteen eighty three, it was legally turned over to the Catholic Church. The Vatican takes no official position on the shroud's authenticity, although it encourages the faithful, uh, the faithful to venerate it as a symbol of Christ's suffering. Yeah. As Pope John Paul II put it back in nineteen ninety eight. The church entrusts the scientists to the task of continuing to investigate. So huh. that's where we leave the Shroud of Turin. It's still in mystery. To this it's, day, we do not know. It's very much an icon. It's very much a... Yes. Um, and it's weird. Uh, the Catholic Church obviously not, not announce, denouncing and or authenticating because there's, there's nothing really probably to go one way or the other. But it just adds up to me to where... I, I kind of like the mystery of it. I, Me too. I, I like I like the the possibility of it. Maybe maybe that's why it's so tantalizing for so long. It is. Um, a lot of people want to see the possibilities in something. I would be I would be curious to see something recent come out or uh, new research be done being done about it. Um, yeah. Because I, I also think that the worst place is to cut a piece of cloth to figure out something about it is like the corner edges. Like imagine you well, like like I'm just imagining something like a blanket from my house, right? I'm just thinking about this. Okay. Yeah. Hundred years from now they find that blanket and they cut off the edges <laughs> to like to figure out what I where the blanket has been. It's gonna be the worst part. It's gonna be the dirtiest parts. It's gonna be the like, you know. Well, I the, mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna tell you where the cloth was made, around yeah, what time period. Yeah. It's gonna tell you uh, what kind of style it was made in. It's gonna tell you lots of scientific things that lead you to conclusions. So but that's if there's what, a burn that's mark in the center, it. if there's a, if there's a center <laughs> mark on my yeah. my uh, blanket, yeah. I'm gonna try to. I'm, I'm gonna get that mark. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to cut a piece from that mark. You know? Right. Well, they were able to test the outside and realize that it was blood and yeah. uh, some other chemicals. So definitely the thing that they can conclude is that a human, this was laid over a human body, yeah. but how it produced it, 
why and when we still have no idea. Uh, that's that's but, disheartening, but you know, it's, it's I also know. fun because it's, it's still something out there to be discovered. Yeah. And it's such a big subject and I've totally forgotten about this thing, uh, this thing existing until like, I was just like looking up new things to, to research for this podcast and just like yeah. stumbling upon like, Oh yeah, that's right. I remember seeing that history show on this. I need to like see what happened. So, uh, yeah, thought this would be a good little podcast to kickstart back into season two. Yep. Really good. Um, the one last thing I want to end this on before wrapping up is I just saw something from May 2021 oh. where okay. it says DNA analysis. This is the last thing we can leave it on. The yes. DNA in the blood on the shroud reveals that the person wrapped in it was a man with a Y chromosome. So we can at least okay. confirm it was a man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know, I know it, it may look obvious from the, that, like the, sure. The fr- the but outline, still until you test, but there you go. So that that's been, um, confirmed. That's crazy. Insane. Dude. Well, good, good opening back to season two. Um, yeah. I'm happy to be back in a rhythm and there's so much Me more too. to get into. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that like we can get back t- together and do this again and, uh, yeah, bring some new stuff to the table. I'm ready. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Kind of trying to up the format, up the, up the pace of this and try to really hone in from what we, we were doing in season one. Um, I know we've been doing it for a few, you know, we're, we're, we've been doing it for like a year and a half now, two years now. We have, which is kind of bizarre. Did we, did we start this 2020? We started this, um, when we lived together, Jacob. Um, Oh, that's right. Back in, not even this, like back in the other house we were at, um, the old brick house, which is wild. So, yeah. Well, uh, we will see everyone on the next episode. Like I said, the front, uh, new episodes every Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. that's the thing we're doing now and we're posting on Sundays. So that's right. if you're listening to this, mark your calendar, subscribe, um, check us out on social media. If you want to, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, we will be posting like, again, for those who don't want to do a Google search, maybe you just want to go to Instagram and look at what the shroud of turn looks like. We're going to post that there when we get done with this episode and post it. Um, And yeah, that's about it from me. All right. Perfect. Well, sounds great. Happy to be back. Thank you guys for listening this far if you have. And uh, we will see you next week. Yep. See you next week.